0: Welcome to episode 115 of the Roger Snipes Show. The Rod Rod Roger Snipes Show. We all want to increase our mental agility and cognitive performance even if we are already high performers. Caffeine alone can only take you so far and too much stimulants can leave you feeling jittery and anxious. What if you could customize the way you want to feel like Boost your mood and well-being whilst reducing your anxiety and stress, or feel upbeat and happy whilst having empathy and creativity. Not everyone wants the same mental uplifts, so Nootopia personalizes the stacks for you. The ingredients have been engineered to work synergistic and amplify the nutrient delivery as opposed to throwing lots of cool stimulants together and hoping for the best. The nootropic range even stack well together, like the Nectarex and brain flow. You'll notice a rapid increase in focus, clarity, and ability to process information, recall, and overall brain activity. Some stacks will help you build new brain cells as you flow or increase motivation if you feel low. Don't just reach for caffeine, reach for a customized stack from Newtopia. Visit Dot .com forward slash Snipes and use code Snipes10 for 10% off. That website link again is Newtopia, spelt dot com forward slash Snipes and use code Snipes10 for 10% off. So today I speak with Scott Herman, one of the OGs. <laughs> In the game of YouTube, um, spanning back to as as early as 12 to 13 years ago, when YouTube first launched and when people were using the platform just for funny videos, (laughs) like old 1950s commercials, Uh, that's what I used it for anyway. Um, It was just kind of surfacing as a place where you can just look for old things which you couldn't find anywhere and it was so cool it was really good so whilst other people were using the platform to look for old adverts old maybe snippets of movies Scott Herman was using it to create content so during this time it gave him the opportunity to share some of his expertise in fitness What you'll learn from this interview is how passion to help others led to the success of Scott Herman's career. Now, Scott Herman is from Massachusetts, USA, an aspiring entrepreneur, actor, model, fitness enthusiast and YouTuber who has also taken an interest in cryptocurrency and NFT. Um, So this podcast is really interesting because initially (laughs) the conversation was going to be on just YouTube and his fitness journey and I literally just discovered about the whole cryptocurrency and it was just added. It was really interesting. So anyway without further ado let's bring on Scott Herman. So Scott, how you doing, my friend?
1: Yo, what's up, Raja?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much for your time, man. Uh, I know you're a busy guy. I see all them videos you're doing, man. You're always busy. How How do you even find time for yourself?
1: You know, it's really tough. The wife gets mad sometimes, you know. It's like sometimes I just want to take the day off, play some Cod, and go chill in the pool, you know, but it's like you can't. You can't do that all the time there's too much going on social media moves so fast and you have to be on top of everything 24 7 you know it's the social media is just you know so consuming for people who say you know get a real job it's like man if you only knew how much time goes like into social media now you know actually my wife and i were just talking about this we were going to the grocery store and i was like you know kids nowadays they don't even know how to be kids because everything has to be a TikTok or an Instagram reel or a photo. Like they can't just do something and do it for the sake of doing it. It has, there is always an ulterior motive that's usually driven by social media to go do anything, you know?
0: Yeah. Times of today is so different. It's, it's unreal.
1: I mean, remember, remember when you were a kid like me, I'm, I'm assuming we're close to the same age, you just hang out. And you never checked your phone because you couldn't get photos. Right? <laughs> Text, texting costs too much money. So you probably didn't have texting on your phone when you were a kid and nobody was calling you because everybody was already there, like wherever you were hanging out.
0: That's it. You, you'd you probably make a, an arrangement on, on the house phone. Meet me here. And that is it. There's no yeah. t- in between. There's no like, oh, I can't make it. Like, you know, you have to be there. This is our arrangement. Wow. Yeah,
1: I can- I can't tell you how many times I've told someone like, hey, you know, Thursday, five o'clock, we'll be here. Like, okay. Then Thursday rolls around and they don't show up. They're like, well, you didn't text me to confirm. I'm like, I already told you once. How many times do I got to tell you? Like, like, if something would have changed, I'd be like, hey, I can't make it. But if I say, hey, be here this date and time, that's where I'm going to be there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: We need you to confirm and double confirm. It's wild but um, yeah the reason why we're talking today is um, it's because of your fantastic YouTube and you know I watch quite a few YouTubes it's it's a thing of now where whenever you need information it's either Google or YouTube it's very yeah, like much you don't even need to go to school you can get every bit of information there and yours is one of the channels which I followed over the years I don't even know how long I've been following your channel. Um, but it must've been a very long time and you always give this like loads of different information on training and it's always easily digestible and it's not even necessarily like the most complicated stuff, but people love it. Like you've got such great engagement and, um, you've been doing it and you constantly post videos. And I always thought to myself, does this guy ever have time for himself cuz I always see videos popping up. How long have you been doing YouTube videos?
1: I mean, I pretty much kicked off the the YouTube fitness niche back in 2009. I mean, wow. there might have been two other two other guys doing it, you know, the same time I was doing it, but you know, I really cornered the market back then and and responsible I feel like for a lot of what you see now. I'll you know, I'll I'll definitely you know, take that title as the, the OG fitness YouTube creator. I'm proud to have it. Um, but yeah, since 2009 and, you know, I've seen the entire community or social media space just change and continue to develop over the course of the last, what, like 11, 12 years and just continue to grow and grow and grow. You know, things went from you know, me being in a gym with a camera and people thinking I was some kind of narcissistic asshole <laughs> filming myself in the gym to, you know, now if you're in the gym with a camera, people know, oh, filming a TikTok or a YouTube video or an Instagram post or whatever. So it's just so funny to see how much it's changed to the point to where now it's just accepted everywhere. I mean, mm. I, I if I was traveling, you know, it was so difficult to get into a gym and film because, They're like, we're not having it, you know, people's privacy, blah, 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 blah. You know, now there's literally just TikTok videos of people hiding and filming people doing dumb stuff. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and those and those are some of the most watched most watched videos. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's just it's been a wild ride and it continues to get even more wild as more and more content creators keep coming out and pushing the envelope to the kind of content they want to create.
0: Mm, mm. We're going to we're going to. We're going to continue to talk a bit more about YouTube, but we're going, to, we're going to take a slight diversion and just learn about a bit more about you. Uh, before, you, got in, you be, before you became a YouTube sensation and had millions, was it 2.6 million subscribers, um, you grew up in a broken home from what I understand. Um, tell us about that little journey.
1: Um, Give us a rundown. I wouldn't say so much like uh, a broken home. I mean, I had divorced parents you know okay because uh, I, I like read two. that
0: somewhere um I don't know if it was your page or maybe it was another page oh, although yeah. no that down
1: yeah I mean you know I, I grew up um you know my my mother and father you know always did everything they could to to take care of you know me and my siblings we never went without but we weren't you know rich by any means you know we all worked very hard you know to have the things that we have and so not not a, not a broken home, just divorced, you know, typical, you know, American thing (laughs) nowadays. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. You know, but I guess the moral of the story is, you know, when you grow up and I guess middle-class or or low to middle-class, you know, you learn at a quite young age that if you want something, you need to go out and you need to work for it to get it, you know? And I remember, like going out mowing lawns when I was 12, 13 years old to try to make extra money to buy the things that I wanted, whether it was candy, you know, at the store or a new video game or whatever it might be. You know, if there were things that I wanted to get faster than my $2 a week allowance, you know, (laughs) I had to go out and work for it. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I like, I always liked working, you know, I liked the, I always enjoyed the feeling of accomplishment of doing something on my own and getting things on my own. So if anything, it kind of, you know, it made me who I am today. It made me the entrepreneur that I am today. I like going out and trying new things and, and not being afraid to take risks. I mean, even like YouTube, everyone told me that YouTube was a stupid idea and I was going to fail and I was going to lose all my money. And I was going to, you know, live under a bridge because I'm just going to throw my career away. You know, uh-huh. you have to have the the mental stamina to be able to see things through and that's something that i definitely developed you know growing up and my parents always supported me and pushed me and even if they didn't understand quite what i was trying to do they knew me enough to know that if i had an idea and i wanted to see it through that i was going to do it so Mm -hmm. but yeah so you know when i was what 14 years old i started working in in a local gold's gym Uh, I was was cleaning for three hours on a Saturday for a free membership. So every Saturday I'd come in, I would clean up, you know, all the machines and treadmills and take out the trash and, you know, do all the kind of maintenance stuff. Uh, And then it kind of got to a point to where as I was cleaning things, obviously in a gym, you know, things break down. I've always been a tinkerer, you know, very handy with tools. So I just started fixing all the machines that would break and I would fix the treadmills that would break. And it just got to the point to where the owner of the gym, uh, his name was Dave, he just gave me a, a full-time job. And you know, by the time I was like 15, 16 years old, I was running the front desk doing the register, signing up memberships, you know, and then when I turned 18, I became a personal trainer. Um, by the time I was like 20, 21, I was in college, I was basically the GM of the gym, you know, and mm. just kept kind of moving through there. So my life has always been surrounded around being in a gym and working in a gym all through high school, all through college. Uh, And then when I got to the point to where I was general manager and I was running the training department and, you know, the sales department, I got, I was just getting irritated or I don't know if irritated is the right word, but I just, you know, when people would join the club, obviously I want them to stay and not cancel their membership. And it was bothering me that people would come to the gym excited. They wanted to lose weight. They wanted to build muscle, but they could not afford a personal trainer. And so they would get their free fitness assessment, you know, where a trainer would take them around and show them around and show them a few things. But you know, the, you know, as you, you know, you've been in gyms your whole life too. Like people just kind of fall off not necessarily because they lost motivation, but because they don't have no guidance. Mm. And so that's where, you know, well, the, my website was born before the YouTube video. So originally I had a website called Scott Herbert Fitness, where I went to every single machine in the gym and I took photos like starting and ending photos. And I did descriptions on how to how to use the machines, because at that time I was like doing modeling shoots for Men's Health Magazine and. Basically, that's what I was doing for the magazine As they were they, they would have me come in and shoot like 100 exercises and they would use them mm-hmm. in the magazine or their book. And I was like, oh, well, I can take this idea and make my own website and use it in my gym. So when members sign up, hey, if you guys have any hard time with exercises, just go to my website, you know. amazing. And then uh, when I was like 23, I got the opportunity to go on The Real World, which is a TV show on MTV called The Real World Brooklyn. Um, it's a reality show where they take like eight people and they put you in a house and kind of see what happens. So we were season 21 Brooklyn season and that show kind of introduced me to the whole video side of things. Right. And I, we were all on the show because we were pursuing careers and like acting or modeling or singing or dancing in New York city. And so throughout my time there, I was like a three month shoot. I was going to New York and I was exploring the whole modeling and acting world. And then after the show was over, I moved to New York city and I stayed, I lived there for about a year and a half and I continued to kind of pursue, you know, this dream of, Hey, modeling, acting, all that. Mm. And after a while, I just kind of started to miss the interaction of being around helping people in the gym. I mean, you got to understand when you've worked in a gym like every single day, six days a week, seven days a week for almost 10 years, you know, now you're just kind of doing something else, which is cool. But if you truly have a passion for helping people, like, it starts to almost feel like there's some emptiness in your soul. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I really started to feel that way. And as exciting as it was to be in the city, I just was like, man, I really wish like being in the gym and helping people, seeing, you know, all the people that I, you know, that I'm friends with, all the members, I know their names, their families' names, their kids' names. Like, I just miss that environment. And so, you know, YouTube had kind of, had been around for a little while, but it hadn't really taken off yet. Twitter literally just came out like in 2009. And I was like, well, this social media thing looks cool. Maybe I can make some videos and get, you know, fitness information out there. And if you want to laugh, like you can go watch my original videos. Like I was so awkward on camera. I was hilarious. You know, <laughs> it was really bad. But um, basically what ended up happening was there was a guy who worked at the Google offices for YouTube in New York City, who was a fan of my season of real world because it was airing on TV. And he saw that I was making videos and I lived in New York. So he invited me down to the Google offices in New York. And he's like, hey, you can make a living doing YouTube videos if you're consistent and you create good content and he kind of showed me the ropes. And so it was at that point, I kind of just made a decision where I was like, well, you know what? I see an opportunity here. Um, the, the whole acting modeling thing is like, uh, it's like, it's cool, but I wasn't really enjoying it. So I just kind of made a decision where I was like, well, I'm going to stop pursuing that. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to the gym that I had worked at, you know, forever. I'm going to start making my YouTube videos. And then I just kind of followed the same uh, uh, process as I did before I left, where instead of having photos of all the exercise, of all the the, uh, machines and exercises in the gym, I made videos. And those are the videos that you see, all the two minute videos um, that are on my YouTube channel that start out with Answers Fitness. And it's literally like, I'm going to show you how to do a chest press. I'm going to show you how to do a lat pull down. I'm going to show you how to do a, a sit up. All of those videos, I filmed them and embedded them on my website. And I would tell members like, hey, watch these videos if you want to learn how to use any of the equipment in this club. And then it, it's just kind of built up from there.
0: Incredible. Wow. Um, did you start off recording on your phone or did you buy a camera and start using a camera?
1: Oh, my gosh. We had... So <laughs> we had these like little camera things on when I was on the real world, I forget what they were called, but they like, it's like a crappy little camera and it had a flip USB on it. Right. So you could film and then plug it into your computer and just right. pull the footage right off. I, I can't remember what it's called, but that's what I use. That's what I literally what I use to start, you know, mm-hmm. and I had like no experience editing footage back then too. So everything was shot. Like, in one shot because i didn't want to do any editing so if i messed up it would just redo it i'm like i don't know how to edit like it's just you know one shot and we're done you know no no fancy highlights of muscles or anything like that and people liked it it liked it better you know it just more raw it was more real Uh, i think i think it was called like a flip (laughs) camera if i'm not mistaken i
0: think i think i have one of those when i um used to be endorsed by um a uk um um, supplement brand they gave me one of those to record some content i know i've got it uh,
1: it's called a flip flip ultra hd video camera
0: yeah i'm looking
1: it up right now on um on, (laughs) on google but yeah because you would just film and then you would just push a button and the usb arm would fly out and then you would just
0: was, was it a red um, button like a, a red yeah, button. Some, yeah yeah
1: yeah yep that was like mm-hmm. the thing to use you know and they gave the they gave us those on the show because we weren't allowed to have cell phones right but they wanted us to record things so they gave us those
0: oh that's awesome so um let's let's let's, uh, let, we'll come back to that. I wanted to know what is your, a, a typical diet for you at the moment? I mean, do you, do you bulk and cut? Do you have high protein, high carb, uh, carb cycle? Do you follow any seasonal eating, any kind of dogmatic approach? What's, what's your, what's your view to eating?
1: So I typically get in like around 3000 to 3500 calories a day and I try to follow more of a high protein type diet. Um, I'm like 193 right now at 5'10, and that's too heavy for me. And even at this this weight, you know, I'm I'm stronger than I've ever been. Like me, and my workout partner have been pushing ourselves like really hard in the gym lately. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm benching 225 for sets of eight on the incline, which was never something I could do before. Right. I don't know, just was never really a heavy bencher, like deadlifting and, and like triceps and biceps or whatever. I've always been able to lift heavy weight, but I've never been a heavy bencher. And all of a sudden my bench has been, you know, going through the roof. But you know, then when I go out for like a four-mile run, my body feels like it weighs, you know, a gazillion pounds. Because mm. I, I I'm a run, like I like to run, I like to do cardio outside. It's it's like therapeutic for me, you know. So I think for me, my goal weight is like a lean 175 to 180. But like even at 193, like I'm still relatively lean. I can see my abs and my obliques and whatnot, right?
0: What's that in kilos? Just trying to convert uh,
1: it. What is it? Do you multiply it by 2.2, right, for kilos?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: So let me just see. 193 pounds, 2 kilos. So 80s? No, divide it. It's 87 kilos, 87.5. 87, right. Yeah. Okay, so... Hmm. so um i've noticed so as the years have progressed and my lifestyle has changed i spend a lot more time sitting you know when i was working in the gym i was always walking around always running going up and downstairs moving around constantly and it was a lot easier to stay you know really lean now it's like I'm, i'm literally sitting down at the computer you know five six seven hours a day i'm doing video editing and i'm not as active as i used to be so I have to maintain a higher protein diet. And I also have to restrict carbs at night or else I start to put on body fat or I really start to notice it. And people like to say like, Oh, you know, timing doesn't matter with your carbs, but it's like, I've been doing this for 22 years. If I eat a shitload of carbs at night, every night for a week straight, I get fat. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, your buddy, like Jude, like all I got to do is look in the mirror. Like you can tell me calories in versus calories out all you want. And to a degree, that is correct. But if I'm loading carbs, you know, right before I go to sleep, I get fat, period. So I load on carbs throughout the day, (laughs) okay? And then I try to, you know, go more towards, you know, proteins at night, whether it's like a shake or I do, I mean, I'll, I'll do like fruit and yogurt and things like that at nighttime. But, you know, for the most part, I do high protein. I try to keep my carbs around like 200 to like 225, maybe 250. And I'll Cobb cycle to a degree, right? It it depends on what I'm doing for activity that day. Like if it's a heavy, heavy leg day, you know, I like to load up on Cobbs a bit more. I feel a little little stronger in the gym. Or if I'm going to do a lot of running outside and I live in Florida, you know, and it's, you know, a hundred degrees outside, I try to load up a bit more on on energy so I can last longer out there. So, but for the most part, like I tell my clients this too. You know, I don't sh- really stress so much on diet. You know, I always give my clients a ballpark of like, hey, this is where you need to be. This is where your macros need to be. But if you're above or below that number or a little bit, it's not a big deal. It's not like you're trying to get stage ready. Mm-hmm. And-, and the reason why I do that is because I feel like a lot of people just get really hung up on exact numbers. And I remind them, I'm like, you know, these numbers that I'm giving you, they're based on a calculation. Like they're not an exact number you know, that's written in stone. It's, it's literally a guesstimation from a calculation. And then it's up to us to either, you know, go up or go go down from there to see what works best for your body. I actually, uh, just put a video on YouTube the other day, kind of talking about this. And I basically said, you know, when I'm trying to find macros, you know, let's say we come to a, your macros are 2000 calories, right? what I try to do is see how your body reacts to that over the course of the next week or two weeks. You know, like, for example, if it's a brand new client who's never eaten 2000 calories before, and you know, this, they're going to feel relatively full for the first couple of weeks. Let's say they're used to eating like 1300 calories or or 1500 calories. They're going to feel really full, maybe even a little bloated for the first week or two weeks. But then after that, their body starts to get acclimated to eating more food. They're going to start to probably feel hungrier because then in that 2000 calories won't be enough and you have to do it in baby steps like you have to raise their calories, you know, bits at a time to get them to where they need to be. So when it comes to a meal plan uh, and if you're not if you're listening to this podcast and meal planning is something that you haven't really fully paid attention to always know that it's okay to start at one point and then just test it for a week or two. And then either go up from there or down from there. And the way you you determine whether you go up from there is if you're feeling really hungry and you're not really putting on, you know, any mass, of course you can go up. Mm-hmm. Or if you're feeling really full and you're starting to feel fat, you, know, you should probably go down a little bit, but it's only like 150 to 200 calorie increments, you know, and usually the majority of what you're adjusting is your carbohydrates. Mm. But for, How yeah, do you for- do-
0: have you dealt with clients that have had like issues with uh let's say um actually women that might that that's their cycle may have stopped, something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, my wife, <laughs> you know, okay, so I deal with it every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and one thing I do find though, when it comes to diet and, and working with clients, especially when it's you know, online, you know, when you're putting together a meal plan, you're assuming you're getting a very specific amount of intensity out of the workouts that you're supplying. Right. And so a lot of times what I've noticed, and this is with, you know, male and female is they'll be like, Oh, you know, I'm eating too much food or I'm feeling a certain way or, or I'm not seeing results or whatever. A lot of times it comes down to them just not being intense enough with their workouts. And In their head, they might feel like they're being intense enough, but until you work out with someone who trains very intensely, you can't really gauge what that means because a lot of people, especially if they're new to the gym like they they feel like if they go too heavy or or use a little bit of momentum they're going to hurt themselves, and rightfully so because you can obviously hurt yourself but you know, I can't tell you how many times, cause I live in Florida. So a lot of my clients will like come here to go vacation to Disney or something, you know, I'll be like, Oh, let's get together for a workout. And then I bring them to the gym and we'll do the same workout. I have them on and they're doing really well with it. But then I kind of show them the next kind the next level of intensity to bring to the workout. And they're like, Oh, okay. Now I know what you mean when you say, you know, add five pounds and use a little momentum or, you know, uh, various techniques that you can use to increase the intensity. And then it makes the meal plan make more sense. And then they're able to come back to me two weeks later and be like, oh, you know, I increased the intensity. Like you showed me now I'm hungrier. I'm like, yeah, cause you're burning more calories. You're pushing yourself a little hotter. So there's a lot of different variables that go into creating workout plans for people, especially on a one-on-one basis. And it's like, everything is a starting point. Like, Hey, we're starting here. This is the workout. This is the meal plan. And then it's then up to us as trainers to help guide them towards increasing their intensity and then gradually increasing their calories as they build muscle mass. You know, it's not just like a one and done thing. And that's why I get really irritated when, you know, you know people sell these, these packages online. You know, those other online trainers. They'll be like, oh, you know, give me $800 and here's your, your program. And it's like the same program that every person gets.
0: Ooh. Yeah, you know what I
1: mean. Like, and you've seen that too, and it's out there, unfortunately. And people get taken advantage of, and I know they do because then they come work with me and they tell me, you know, the the the, what they went through, and it's like, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, there's a lot of people out there trying to make a buck, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, you're one of the good guys, which is a great thing.
1: And I I I like to hope so.
0: I want to compliment you because you look you look pretty young, man. You look about you look about 28. And I only discovered you're you're older than that. I saw a video where you were talking, um, uh, talking to your your daughter, and you'd mentioned she's twenty. And I was like, oh gosh, how like did he have her when he was eight? Yeah. <laughs> and then wow. you mentioned you you mentioned your age. He you goes, I'm thirty five. She's my stepdaughter. I was like, right, but you still look twenty eight. Yeah, <laughs>
1: thanks, man.
0: About that, or maybe younger
1: i'm gonna be 38 this year
0: oh 38 oh wow okay 38 amazing amazing so how do you manage to keep your youthful looks i mean you look like as i said pretty young
1: i think it's like a a mentality thing like i in my head i feel i still feel the same you know Mm -hmm. um I, I mean, look at, look at my room behind me, you know, like I clearly haven't grown up You get all my action figures and toys and my collectibles and everything. <laughs> I don't like, I, I, a lot of my friends and my, and my close group of, of friends, I noticed the change when a lot of them kind of like, you know, got older and got married and, and started having kids. I feel like it's almost like a, a switch went off in their head and they're like, okay, now I'm an adult. Cause now I have to do all these adult things. And so I have to act a certain way or, or, you know, just my, my lifestyle has changed. And I recognize that I am an adult and my lifestyle has changed and I have a wife and I have a daughter and everything, but like, I still, I'm still the same person that I was when I was in my twenties in terms of like the things I like to do, how I interact, how I bust balls, you know, like the games and things I'm interested in. Like, I just never let that part of me die. So I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it because we all know how powerful, you know, your mentality is. I mean, just even in your everyday life, you know, if you're just negative in your everyday life, usually negative stuff happens to you, right? If you're positive, you bring positive things in your life. Um, You know, I was actually just at the gym last week. So my workout partner is Diego and he's 20 years old. And I met him at the gym when I first moved down here. So he was like 16 years old. And I taught him like, you know, how to, how to lift, how to bench better, how to eat more food. You know, and now he's like squatting four fifteen. you know, and he likes to bust my balls because he can squat more than me, but he (laughs) he can't deadlift for shit. So I always get him on the deadlift. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, but like, I mean, even the company I keep, like I have this rivalry, this fun rivalry with him and anyone who follows me on Instagram, I'm constantly, you know, doing stories at the gym and we're, and we're busting each other's balls and whatnot. Um, but I feel like that kind of keeps you young too, you know, like just being able to interact with, you know, people of all ages and, Mm. you know, me being into my anime and all this stuff and going to conventions, like I meet people of, of all different sizes, shapes, and ages. And I just, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see an age when I talk to people. I just see like someone with similar interests, you know?
0: I like them. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got a real just energetic, Mentality. I guess it it just helps to keep you a lot more youthful, and I guess hanging around younger people as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I guess so. He (laughs) likes to, you know, he likes to call me old man and all (laughs) these jokes and shit. But even when he says that, it's weird to me because I'm like, I don't know. i like, I used to say that shit when I was his age because I thought it was funny, you know. But like in my head, it doesn't apply to me, so I'm like, that's a dumb joke. I go, (laughs) I go, people. I go, I go, people think I'm your age. So shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) There we
0: go. What about your, your daughter? What important principles and life skills uh, do you think is important with raising your daughter?
1: That's a good question. So, you know, when I met my daughter, um, she was 11, you know, Mm. and, you know, we, we've always had a really good relationship, Um, you know, in the beginning, you know, obviously the the divorce of her parents was still kind of fresh so like she she never really saw me as like the bad guy but you know it took a little time to build and establish a really good relationship with her and I mean like maybe like the first year you know was like establishing that relationship and you know we get along beautifully now and I've just always so I have I guess it's easy for me to explain it this way right so I have four brothers and two sisters okay I have a brother who is a pretty close to my age. He's only like 22 months older than me. So almost two years. And then I have three younger brothers who are about 10 years younger than me. And then I have my sister who's about 10 years younger than me. And I have a stepsister who's my age, but anyways, with my younger brothers and sister, when they were like 10, I was 20. Right. And so as they were growing up, I always tried to be a positive influence in their life and teach them things because it's a different relationship when you're a sibling versus a parent, right? Mm. So, like, like for example, it, this might be a silly example, but you know, where where I grew up, um, my you know the schools weren't the greatest. Let's just put it that way. So when my little brothers were going to school, I was like, I was teaching them what to do if they got picked on. You know what I mean? So like, you know how, when you're a kid, you know, you get picked on people are like, Oh, like your mama this or whatever, like those, those types of jokes, you know, or I was with your mom last night, whatever. So I would teach my little brothers, you know, how to be smart asses. I'm like, if someone ever says like, Oh, I, you know, had sex with your mom last night I go your reply needs to be, Oh, well, next time make sure she's home by six. I like dinner on the table by seven. You know? So I taught them how to just be like, you know, have snappy comebacks and whatnot. And, you know, and I always took care of them too. Like they were the luckiest, you know, kids. Cause every time a new like gaming system would come out or a new game would come out, they didn't have to wait for, you know, mom and dad to buy it. I would buy it. And then they'd be able to play it. Like I would literally wake up, you know, after, you know, being out all night, like on a Friday, I wake up Saturday morning and my three little brothers would be sitting on the end of my bed playing halo, you know, like with the volume down. So they wouldn't wake me up and then I would wake up and they would throw me a controller. Like it was, we always had a really good relationship, but and it was because I was, I was a strong male influence in their life. I, I taught them, you know, like they saw me in school, they saw me pursuing, you know, being successful. They saw me, you know, always fixing my own car and fixing things around the house. And I taught them all these things and I, I treated them like little adults. I didn't talk to them, you know, like little kids, you know, I wouldn't like kick them out of my room because I didn't want them around. Like I always treated them like that. And so and I also grew up with step parents and, you know, now my, well, he's not my, my, my mother ended up divorcing uh, him as well, but he's my sister's father. So he obviously still in the picture now he's like a really nice guy, but like my, my first stepfather, my, my mother's second husband was, it's a real prick, you know, like he, like he would literally lock me and my brother outside all day. And he's like, you're only allowed to come in if you have to take a shit, like he's just a real prick. And I learned quite quickly at a young age if I ever had a child, whether it was my own or a stepchild, I'm like, I do not ever want to be like this or come across this way. So, when Crystal came into my life, it was very important to me to be a strong father figure role model to her, you know, have a friendly relationship, but also, you know, be the kind of person that she could come to if she has problems, right? Mm -hmm. So, As she was growing up, you know, we would teach her things like we would watch, you know, TV and we'd watch like, you know, uh, 16 and pregnant and and these types of shows because, you know, women like to love watching these shows kids love watching these shows. And we would just talk to her and we'd be like, look, I go, this is going to be your life. If you're out there messing with boys and you have a kid, I go, your life is over and now it's all about the baby. If you want to be successful. You know, you need to make sure if you have relationships when you get older, that they're good relationships and you're not just going out and dating and, you know, screwing around with boys and we just talk to her like that, you know, and we would, we built this really good, you know, relationship where she could tell us anything and everything and not feel like she was going to get in trouble for talking about something. Right. And I, you know, your parents might've been the same way, but like my dad used to always tell me, like, I don't care what you did. If you're in trouble, you call me. We'll make sure you're safe, and then we'll we'll deal with the stupid shit you did later, <laughs> you know? Um, luckily, with a daughter, you don't have to worry about that. Usually, it's the boys getting into really big mischief, you know?
0: It is, isn't it? Always boy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, and when she started dating, you know, that was a whole, um, you know, interesting thing. But it wasn't really even a big deal because I would talk to her. I'd be like, okay. I'm like, oh, you're talking to boys, whatever. She's like, yeah. And she would be like, you know, showing me what boys were saying. Man, dude, like... <laughs> Nowadays with like, you know, TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat, like the things that dudes say, I can't, I can't even believe, you know, they just go, they just go come right at it asking for like, you know, photos or nudes or want to hook up like, it's not even like, hey, what are you doing? You want to go on a date? They're like, hey, want to hook up like that's literally how they'll attack and approach. So I just taught, you know, my wife and I just taught her how to have self-worth, you know, and to not, you know, settle for anything less than what she wanted. And because of that, she's in a great relationship. Um, Her past relationships have been great. And her current boyfriend she's been with for like, you know, over a year now is a great guy and takes care of her and she's happy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she's in school, she's studying computer science. So she's focusing on her grades. So yeah, like I just... Being a dad is all about, you know, being a good dad, especially with a daughter, is all about just keeping an open dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. And just just being supportive is really what it is. And so I, little- you know, I'm and hey, you know, I I'm from Boston, like I am a sarcastic ass, you know, from time to time. And you know, my daughter and I don't get along like sunshine and rainbows all the time. But regardless of anything, she knows that if she needs me, I'll be there like in two seconds to take care of her, you know?
0: So you said you were from Boston. Is that, is that a Boston accent? Like there's certain words that you say and I'm like, it, <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying, it's almost like I'm trying to figure out, yeah, which part of the States is that from It's yeah. uh, It sounds different. Is it a mixture would you say, or is that just like hundred percent Boston or?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so you're, you're, your boss the Boston accent will change depending on where you live. Like it'll be, it'll be really thick or it'll be kind of mellow like mine. Um, if I'm really angry and yelling, my accent is like full throttle. Um, but it's interesting because some people will notice that sometimes I'll pronounce words normally and then other times my accent will come out. And it's because for like the first five or six years or so with my YouTube channel, I did my best to hide my accent because I was still trying to pursue the acting side of things. And I didn't want people to see my channel and just see like a thick accent, you know? Right. And so a lot of times when I'm doing interviews or talking, especially if there's a language barrier, you know, I purposely will try to remove my accent just so you can understand what I'm saying. Because if I say, "ca," if you know the accent you know i'm talking about a car you know (laughs) but if you're middle eastern and you hear me say kai you're like what the hell is this guy talking about so in certain settings you know just like actors you know actors in on shows or whatever they can do multiple accents you know so i learned to remove my accent and so so sometimes people get confused they're like why did you pronounce the word this way and now your accent comes out that way and I'm like dude it's just my brain sometimes will shut it off and it'll turn it back on it is what it is enjoy <laughs> like <laughs> yeah exactly like, like it is it is what it is you know so but if I <clears throat> but if I'm ever like excited or angry all you hear is the accent and it's it's hilarious people right. i guess <laughs>
0: that's interesting i like it so you've um, you've been into very interested into um, acting. Have you been in a couple of movies? I'm sure I've read somewhere that you've been in a couple. One called, um, I think it was Heist.
1: Yeah, I did Heist. Mm-hmm. Heist was really cool. Living, um,
0: something. So, living, yeah. yeah,
1: so Heist was like Robert De Niro, Mark Paul Gossener, Robert, uh, not uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Batista, And I played a, um, a SWAT team sergeant, right? And all of my scenes were with Mark Paul Mark Paul Gossenler, who is Zach from Saved by the Bell. You know, right, right, uh, yeah. Mm. So he was really nice. And then I ended up having like one day I had lunch with Bautista and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and they were both super nice. And it was it was so hard to not take a photo with them because I'm like I want these guys. I think I'm cool. <laughs> but I'm not gonna ask for a photo. You know, in hindsight, I probably should have, but. And this was before even Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like took off, you know, at that point I knew him from like uh, Watchmen and supernatural. Cause he plays the father. It's one of my, one of my all time favorite TV shows is supernatural. Um, but anyways, I was like, oh, I want a photo so bad, but I need to be cool right now. So I'm not going to ask for a photo. <laughs> oh, my- um, so that was really cool. And then I actually was the head trainer for Lionsgate for a few years. They had a, a YouTube channel called uh, Lionsgate b And so I did like three full-length programs with them uh, that ended up being DVDs. They're the ones that got me the, the deal with Heist. Awesome. That movie. And then I also um, got to do a bunch of other stuff. Like I did official workouts for the Expendables movie. Um, I did some video stuff with like central intelligence um, day after (laughs) tomorrow and and a few other like movie related fitness things. That was really cool. So there was a lot of opportunities that came out of that as well. Uh, Unfortunately, Lionsgate went through like some, some like hierarchy changes and they completely botched the, the B Fit program they had going on. So that was like a three-year thing that was really great. And it all kind of went away really fast because of, they had some internal issues, but yeah, it was a lot of really cool opportunities that were coming out of there for sure.
0: Mm, mm. Did you, <clears throat> was there another movie called Living Living Will or something? Oh,
1: yeah, Living Will. Yeah, so that was um, the guy from Jackass um, who, had, who ended up actually passing away, I believe, that year. But no, that was like a really small thing. I, was, I, I had like, I think, a two-bit scene where I was like a drunk fraternity guy just being drunk at a party or something. <laughs> to be I, I, honest, I don't even think I watched it.
0: <laughs> I, saw, I saw a trailer because I thought, let me just look at the trailer in both of these movies. And <clears throat> the one with Robert De Niro, I was thinking, oh, my God, wow. looks that movie's, like, oh, movie? that movie's wow, great. It's really cool. And um, when I looked at the other one... <laughs> It's like, hilarious. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, some some guys taking a dump on a toilet and he dies or something like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> dies and he
0: <laughs> comes back from the dead.
1: <laughs> well, that's what was so was so messed up about it because that guy, like, li- the movie was about him dying and he literally died. I think that year, you know. Wild. So um, i I'm, so that whole like Jackass crew. One of the main guys, his name is Bam bam majera or something like that mm-hmm. was his last name but it was his best friend uh yeah it was really sad when he passed away but um yeah i remember it was i was like at a sitting at a fire like being a drunk frat guy or something i don't remember <laughs> <laughs>
0: i've got to check it out now is that, yeah. is that on netflix
1: i'm not sure if living will is but heist is
0: heist is. Heist,
1: heist was a good movie like mm-hmm. a, a lot of people were like Dude, I just watched Heist on Netflix and I think I saw you cuz my mm. head was shaved. They sha- <laughs> they shaved my head to make me look more badass, you know.
0: Have you got any more 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 movies which you 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 I don't know, got lined up in the future or or what's what's your plans there?
1: So, I mean, what I'm working on right now is do you, do you follow the challenge, the MTV challenge? No. So basically, back in the day, if you were on the real world, you would go on a competition show called The Challenge, which is on MTV. And they would take people from the real world and road rules, and you would compete in these like insane types of challenges. Some were physical, some were mental, right? Mm. And they asked me to do it back in 2009, but I had made the decision back then that I needed to do YouTube. And at the time, it was definitely the right decision, you know. Obviously, yeah. And so now, uh, my buddy Mac Long, he started a new show. It's on Paramount Plus called The Challenge All Stars, where they're bringing back castmates, you know, that you haven't seen in a while, to compete and do the show. And it's doing really well because people really like it. And if we're being one hundred percent honest, a lot of the the new challengers on the main show are just like whiny little bitches and everyone's getting sick of it, myself included. So I've been talking to Mock, and they asked me to submit a, a bio video to do season four, which is hilarious. I wish I could share it with you. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really cheesy, but it's like, that's the kind of cheesy that got me on the show to begin with back in 2009. So I know exactly what they're looking for. Um, but he, I uh, actually, I was getting a little irritated cause I know they just filmed season three, um, before December, before the December break. And so I assumed they would get started on season four, you know, relatively soon. And I hadn't heard anything yet. And we're in February. So I sent him a text message, um, like a couple days ago, actually. And I was like, Hey, Mock, I'm like, what are you trying to be the only good looking guy on the all-stars show? Like what's going on? And he's like, ha ha ha. And he's like, no, we're probably not doing season four towards the end of the year. But you're definitely, um, you know, in the mix to be on the lineup. So I was like, OK, sweet. So that's what I'm, I'm actively pursuing right now. Uh, and it's actually kind of been a blessing in disguise that it's been delayed because, as I told you before we started this, I started another YouTube channel on crypto. And that's been eating up a lot of my time, but in a good way. You know, wow. there's been a lot of opportunities come from there.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so you you've got a, a big interest in in games and also crypto. I mean, how do you find time? You got all the fitness videos. How often do you post fitness videos?
1: So, I've basically had to kind of find a a balance lately, right? And I used to, I mean, when you're when you're a YouTuber and you've been doing it as long as I have, you almost feel like if you don't create a video, And post at least once or twice a week, everything is going to go to shit. It's just like this innate fear you have. Right. And in December, I kind of took a big step back um, from the fitness channel, mainly just because it was December. Why am I going to kill myself making content when people aren't even really looking for it? Right. So I kind of took a little bit of a step back and I started focusing on the crypto stuff because I'm really interested in it. And I noticed that my monthly views and income it didn't really change. If anything, it actually increased. And I, I hadn't put out any videos for like maybe a week and a half. And I was like, that's interesting. You know, I, I, I for so long, I've had this fear that if I stop, that I'm going to lose, you know, out on subscribers or whatever. And it actually, it, it got better. And because my crypto channel is exploding so much, so my crypto channel, Scott Herman Crypto, my fitness channel, Scott Herman Fitness, I've actually now... Start like found a whole new niche of people that are searching Scott Herman to find my crypto videos, and now my fitness videos are popping up. So now they're watching those videos.
0: Oh right, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And I haven't really combined the two channels yet. Like I haven't really like I mean I mean I made a, a couple videos on my fitness channel like back in June because I invested in a crypto called Shiba Inu, and I, I made a lot of money on it. And I made a video about it telling my community. And the first video I made was received very well. And then like a few months later, I made another video about it because they were coming out with some interesting information that I thought was like relevant to people who might want to invest in it. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, just want to let you know that, you know, that Sheba is doing all this stuff, whatever, whatever. But the difference was at the first video, the price was really was was really high. And then when I made the second video, there was a bit of a dip, right? And -hmm. so people automatically assumed that I had just made the second video because I lost all my money, right? Right. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, it's clearly not what happened here. I made the second video because I was pretty sure at the time that they were going to come out with this news and their own swap. And I don't want to get into the details. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's not gonna make any sense either. But there was some really awesome news that was coming out. And I'm like, Hey guys, check this out. Don't miss it. And people shit all over me on that video. It was like the most hated video I've ever had on my, in my life on on my YouTube channel. Right. And the, and I had not started my crypto channel at that point. And so a lot of people were like, dude, if you want to make crypto videos, just start a second channel. And so that's what I ended up doing. And I haven't said anything about crypto, my fitness channel since then. I will say that, the, you know, the, the price point that the video, okay, let me start over. So when I first made my, when I made my first video on Shiba Inu, I made a lot of money. The price, it was doing really well. And then it dipped and I made my second video and people talked all kinds of shit. So I lost all my money. Two or three months later, the token went to a new all time high, like way past where it was the first time. So anybody who listened to me in that second video and did some research, made a lot of money. Like I had people messaging me like, oh my God, dude, like I watched your video. I did my own research. I made like 30 grand. Thank you so much. Blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> there was some redemption, at least, from all the people talking crap. Because mm-hmm. I went back to the, the video, everyone was talking crap. And I was replying to comments. And I was like, hey, did you see the price of SHIB today? Hey, did you see the price of SHIB today? Oh, right. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, because I built my entire channel on, on gaining the trust of my community. And so for people to say that I was trying to scam, or, like it, it actually... Really hurt my feelings. Like, it took me like a good week just to want to make videos again. Like, I was really hurt by that. Anyway, so I started a second YouTube channel just for crypto to keep the community separate.
0: We're just going to take a short break and return right back. Since 2020, it's become very apparent that a strong immune system is what is going to help you survive. We can no longer wing it through life in hope that health will find its way to us to protect us from illness. We need to take measures to help build a robust immune system and one of those ways is with colostrum. Colostrum is the first form of milk produced by the mammals immediately following delivery of the newborn. It's extremely nutrient dense and contains a complete spectrum of vital vitamins and minerals. A newborn needs to build a robust strong body as quickly as possible to survive in the world. Colostrum helps do this. Colostrum can be consumed by adults too as it contains many sources of vitamins, minerals, proteins and enzymes. It has insulin-like growth factors like IGF-1 and IGF-2 fibroblast growth factors, epidermal growth factors, and many more, all helping build and maintain healthy tissues. It has antibodies like IgA and IgD. It also has cytokines, which is the messenger that keeps the channels of communication open between the cells in your immune system. Keon colostrum is from grass-fed, pasture-raised bovine. No GMO, no antibiotics, and no hormones. If you want to improve your gut and build a healthy foundation, check out Keon on www.getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes. Use code SNIPES10 for 10% off and subscribe to get another 10% off, giving you a total of 20% off at checkout.
1: And that's been going really well for me.
0: How often do you post um, for crypto?
1: So the crypto stuff is easy because I I literally just sit down and I have, you know, all these um, pre-made, like, things on on a program called Streamlabs, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't have to barely do any editing. I can literally click through, like, different web pages and chats and whatever, and I can show everything and then export the video and it's done. Like, sometimes it just, it takes me longer to make the thumbnail than it does to make the actual video. So, and those videos are news-based. So, it's literally me sitting in a chair, making the video and then pumping it out. So I can do those two, three, four, five five times a week if I wanted to. But with fitness, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess I could do some sit down and talking videos, but I like to teach with fitness. So what I've started to do recently is focus a bit more on like shorts for YouTube. So videos that are under like a minute, whether they're quick workouts or quick workout tips or maybe like a funny video as well. And those, because I have my own, my own gym and the filming studio in my house, I can crank those out relatively quickly. So right now I'm trying to find like this nice balance between doing like an in-depth big video on a specific topic that's like 8 to 10 minutes long, and then sprinkle in some of these shorts in between, giving quick tips and, and whatnot.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And you also do games as well.
1: Yeah. So I haven't posted as much on my gaming channel lately is it a um,
0: separate channel as well a actual separate channel yeah or is it okay
1: yeah it's a separate channel called um, oh the hermanity and I have I have a couple games that I that I play like I have a, a dragon Ball Z game that, that I play on my phone that's really popular that I was making videos for for a while um, and then I play like call of Duty and Halo and whatnot but I don't know like, I just like, I guess I kind of lost interest in it because I when I play my games, I like to just kind of play with my friends and not have to worry about responding to a chat the whole time. You know what I mean? And it gets kind of annoying to my friends because we're trying to like play COD and I'm like, Hey, what's up? You know, super mega strong guy, 28. Like, how's your day going? And they're like, dude, shut the hell up and just play COD with us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're working all the time. It's like, yeah,
1: yeah. Like sometimes I just, you know, I want to turn on, the Xbox and get into like a live chat and just, you know, talk shit to people and not get in trouble for it. Cause everything now, you know, is so PC that if you get caught talking smack, you know, they'll cancel you or something.
0: Wow. You know? Wow. Um, for, for other people that might want to have a successful YouTube channel to you, what would you, what would be like, I don't know, give like three big things. What what three key things a person should do to, have a successful channel?
1: Well, the first thing you need to do is just know that create the content that you want to create. Because a lot of times what happens is you start creating videos, and then you start to see which videos are getting the most views. And then if you look at it like a business, obviously, you're going to just only create those types of videos. And you start to lose a bit of Uh, like the passion that you had from when you started the channel. Cause when you first start your YouTube channel, you're like, this is the kind of content I want to create. These are the things that I'm interested in. And then you, so you start making those videos, but then as time goes on, you get addicted to the algorithm, you get addicted to seeing more views, you get addicted to getting the most likes. And so you kind of lose a part of yourself because you start to focus only on videos that get the most views. So And you should obviously focus on those videos, but don't stop making the ones that you want to make as well. You know, if if one video gets 10,000 views and another one gets 50,000 views, if you really like making the videos that get 10,000 views, you can still make them. People are still going to watch them. Just sprinkle them in with the ones that you know will get more views, you know? Um, Secondly, it's good to have a schedule, you know? Like maybe there's certain days that work best for you to post, So, or to let your community like, hey, every Thursday I have a new video. So your community knows every Thursday to expect a video from you. Mm -hmm. Um, Certain channels, that doesn't always work. Uh, Like with my fitness channel, I try to get a new video out like every Wednesday and and Saturday. But with the crypto channel, it's like when shit happens, it happens because it's all like news based. You know, like I can't predict what tokens are going to do what today. If I could, I'd be a gazillionaire. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? So obviously depending on what kind of content you're creating, you know, is it, going to just, is going to determine how often you're uploading. Uh, and then I guess the third thing to being successful is like, find your niche, you know, like figure out what your, your online persona is or personality is, and just make sure that you're kind of branding all your social media around that. So for example, if you make your YouTube channel name, you know, let's say Roger Snipes, you know, fitness, right. Make sure you go, even if you're not going to do it yet, make sure you get Roger Snipes fitness, TikTok, Roger Snipes fitness, Telegram, Roger Snipes fitness, um, Instagram, Twitter, you know, collect all those social handles. So you have them if, and when you decide to go down those avenues. Right. So like, for example, I made my Twitter account, in 2009 when twitter first came out and then i just never used it because i hated twitter because like i do a lot of cool shit but like i don't have that much to say every day like i just like i don't know how people talk so much on twitter i'm like how like how do you have this much to say all the time like what do you what do you do all day i don't know like, i don't know um but for for crypto twitter is perfect for that because that's where you're going to see a lot of information and you're basically posting like real time updates. Right. So I started using my Twitter again a few months ago and it's already like started to explode because of that. So like there's, well, I guess the point of what I'm trying to say is like, there are certain social media platforms that work better depending on what kind of content you're creating. Right. Don't think, don't think you have to make, you know, uh, an account on every platform and use every platform because you'll get overwhelmed. And you'll hate it, you know. Like even for my wife, like my wife started. She has a fashion YouTube channel, and that's where she started, right? And now, now you know, you have TikTok and you have Reels on Instagram. She does about a you know a fraction of the work it takes to make a YouTube video, and she puts her videos on TikTok and and Instagram Reels, and she gets like you know a hundred times more engagement there than she does on her YouTube. So at this point, it almost makes sense for her to not even do YouTube because it takes so much time for very little reward.
0: Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, a lot of sense.
1: I mean, um, she, mm. she like on her YouTube, she'll barely gain like 10, 15 subscribers, maybe a month there, you know, because it's so saturated. On TikTok, she has over like half a million followers and just continues to grow. So it's like, That's the kind of scalability I want you guys to think about in terms of a real example. She's had her YouTube page for like five years, barely gets any growth. But on TikTok, in less than a year, she has half a million followers. Mm. You you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you really got to just not, I don't know if pride is the word, but like I had to tell her, I'm like, babe, like if YouTube isn't working out, stop wasting your time, you know, like it's not your fault.
0: What do you say? Wh- wh- why do you think uh, your YouTube has been successful? Hashtags, algorithm. Would you say that um, your uh, videos are, are very unique?
1: Um, I think for me, I just was there first. Okay. Like, I was literally the first person to do it. My videos are embedded in websites all over the world, many different countries. Apps embed my how-to videos in there. You know, and I don't care because as long as they go back to my channel, I get the views, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even 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 personal trainers reach out to me and they're like, "Hey, anytime I got to show a client how to do something, I just link one of your videos." You know, so I think that's a big part of it. Um, uh, what you said earlier in the beginning about digestibility—that's always been a really good um, quality that I think that I've had, and just in terms of teaching anything, I, I, I know how to make complicated things sound easy. And that's also transitioned to the crypto channel. Like when I teach people how to navigate like all the different ways to buy and sell and all the terminology, I'm able to, I don't think dumb dumb it down is the correct way to say it, but oh, I'm able sorry. to, yeah, I'm, I'm able to explain things in a very easy and digestible way because typically what happens is I get frustrated to the point to where I get pissed and I try to figure out the easiest way to do it. And then I share that information, yeah. you know? and and the same thing with fitness, right? You know, everyone's trying to reinvent the wheel when it comes to fitness. And then you have me putting out videos, like keep it simple, stupid. Like you don't have to go on TikTok and find all these, you know, ridiculous exercises that people are creating just to have content that day. Like the the basics work for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, like I just put out a video, like the only seven exercises you need to build muscle. It's like, what could you possibly think is going to replace a bench press? Like what, what, what's going to build your chest bigger and better than a heavy bench press, like doing a, doing a Sven press or a plate press, or, you know, different variations of chest flies that you saw, or, you know, people like to, you know, grab the 45 pound plates and hold the handles and bench those for whatever reason. And they're like, Oh, try this exercise. And it's like, dude, just stop what you're doing go back to the bench press. And instead of doing three sets, do eight to 10 and overload your chest and call it a day. (laughs) And people want to hear that, but at the same time they don't because the age we live in, we want everything like now, right? So if you're going to the gym and you're not seeing results, you know, it's not because you're not working out hard enough. It's because you don't know the secret that somebody else has to know. And that's why you're not seeing results. Like these kids in my gym, man, like they've been working out for six months and they're in their teens, early twenties, and they're already jumping on SARMs and all kinds of shit. I'm like, dude, you, you haven't even like hit halfway to your natural potential. And you're already talking about jumping on SARMs because you can't bench 225 at 17 years old. Like I I used, like, I couldn't barely bench friggin' 185 at 17, you know, like that's just how it was for me back then, you know, and I didn't have access to all this information. And and it frustrates me because, and not because like, like like people like, oh, you're just mad because, you know, they look better than you. They're more shredded than you are, or they're bigger than you are at a young age. I'm like, I don't care about that. Like, if I cared about that, I would jump on gear and I would gain 20 pounds and be shredded out of my mind right? I go, I care because I know that these kids are going to fall off at some point and they're going to destroy their bodies. And when you've been doing fitness as long as me, and I want you to think about this, Roger, I I can't even tell you how many channels I've seen come and go in the last 10 years, because people want quick results. They want quick fame. They want a lot of views. So they're willing to do almost anything to get it. And then when they can't keep up with it anymore, it all falls apart, right? And I think about people that I went to high school with, you know, that were, that were jumping on juice and benching 400 pounds, 500 pounds, you know, and just absolutely destroying their bodies. And I see them now and they don't even work out, yeah. you know, like not everybody is <clears throat> like, like, I have a passion for the gym. You know, I love going to the gym. I sure as hell don't train like I did when I was in my teens. And it's not because I don't want to, it's because I just don't have the time to go to the gym for three hours. I got a family, I got responsibilities, I have a job, I have a house to take care of. You know, like there's, there's things that come up. So when I see these young kids, like just destroying themselves and, and injecting themselves with things or, or taking SARMs or whatever, just to gain like 10 pounds of muscle and bench a little more, it, I, I, it upsets me. Like I feel bad you know, I feel bad and I try to step in. It's you know?
0: fantastic though. You know, we need more people like that. And you know, when I, when I have kids messaging me, asking me about gear, I'm like, just stop right there. You know, you, you need to understand what to do in the gym. You're talking about gear. Like, do you even know how to train?
1: Yeah. No, most guess, of them you have even help. know how to push through a drop set or like push through muscle fatigue. Mm-hmm. and, And that's one of the things I actually, you know, I have a lot of respect for guys like Derek, more plates, more dates. And like Greg, you said, even, and I feel the same way, dude, like gear is a part of the industry. You know, it is what it is. It's a part of the industry. Right. And if you want to do it, it's your choice. I have friends that are on gear and compete. Like we're not, we're not going to not be friends because they're on gear. Like it's a part of the industry period. But you know, there's a right and wrong way to do anything. And like you said, if you just started working out and you're already talking about gear, it's like, dude, let, like learn how to lift first, like put the work in first and then maybe take it to the next level. And, you know, this is even something that I've talked to Derek about before, you know, on, on a video where it's like, dude, like you would get so much more out of what you're taking if you hit your natural peak first, because then you're leveling up from hitting your, after hitting your natural potential versus starting to work out now, jumping on something, and then literally getting as big as you would have been if you just stayed natural for a year or two, right? It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I have these conversations with you know, these young kids in, in my gym, and I, I don't talk like down to them. I just kind of explain things like this in very relative terms, and I can see that it makes sense to them. And it's not their fault. The problem is, these young, this young generation of kids, all they want right now is a hundred thousand followers on Instagram or TikTok, right? But they know that they're not going to do that with their fitness videos if they don't look a certain way and they're not willing to wait, right? They want to make their videos now and get all the attention and accolades now. And so these social platforms are just leading to you know a lot of really bad decisions with this young generation in the fitness space. And it's sad. It's no longer about information. All you need now to, to sell or market a personal training program is to look a certain way and have X amount of followers on TikTok or Instagram. You don't have to go to school, you don't have to get an education. You know, you don't have to be certified. All you got to do is look a certain way and have X amount of followers. And now you can sell programs for training and dieting and eating advice. And that's, and I challenge anybody to come on here and tell me I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> it's so true. I've seen, I've seen people buy followers and buy likes and you can even buy comments. And I've seen, I, I remember there was one guy who, asked me if I could share his profile in my IG story, and I was thinking, dude, I don't even know you.
1: Yeah, I don't know you, dude.
0: We don't communicate, in fact, you don't even follow me. And um, I think he then shot me a message about maybe about four months after, and I was like, why would you still ask me this? And I had a look on his page just to see if there'd been any progress. And his page originally started off at around 1500. The next time I looked at it, he was, I think he, he might have been verified. I'm not too sure, but he was on 1.4 million. Yeah. 1.4 million. And he had all of these likes and all of these comments. I was like, what on earth happened there? I, I, I couldn't believe it. Is that me? A lot of
1: it. And a lot of it's probably bots.
0: Is that coming from me? Yeah, I think so. On Earth is that?
1: Sounds like some jazz or something.
0: Oh, I know what it is. It's my freaking. This is my daughter's.
1: Oh, her alarm gosh.
0: clock. I'm gonna have a word with her.
1: How old is your daughter?
0: <laughs> She's seven. <laughs>
1: when when she starts dating, give me a buzz. I'll walk. Oh down. my
0: gosh. <laughs> Let's hope I don't end up in prison. what's the thing,
1: man? Like, you know, you teach them to make the, like, I remember my daughter when, when she was uh, obviously before she met her boyfriend, you know, she went on a date with this guy and it was like, she had fun. And the very next date was like going out on a boat, you know, with some other girls and guys. And she's like, I really want to go on this boat. And I said, okay, do you want to hook up with this guy and have sex with this guy? She's like, no. I'm like, well, then you probably shouldn't go on the boat. I'm like, because if I was a guy and I wanted to hook up, I would be like, let's go on a boat because as a, as an older man, you know what happens on boats, you know, (laughs) like that's literally what it's for. And she was really upset because she really wanted to go on a boat. And I was like, listen, you can go. If you want to just know that there's going to be hooking up on the boat, probably some really skanky shit going down. There's going to be alcohol. And if you want to leave, you can't. So (laughs) like, Way, way out the, the possibility, way, way out what you want to do and, and make a decision. And she ended up deciding not to go, but like, I wasn't telling her she can't go. I was just like, this is what happens on a boat, you know, with young kids, you know? And I'm like, listen, I've done all this shit. Okay. As much as I hate to admit it, like I was, I was on a reality TV show. I lived in New York city for two years after that. I got VIP to every club and I wanted to go to every single night. If you think I was a perfect angel, you know, you're living in a dream world. Okay. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so having a daughter, I'm like, oh, let me, let me tell you what's going to happen. If you go
0: yeah, <laughs> not, and one.
1: not, and not that she, you know, would give in to peer pressure. She's, she's definitely very strong willed, you know, but I'm like, oh, do you want to put yourself in that situation? She's like, nah, not really
0: exactly it would be tough like and maybe some of her friends might decide hey you know what we're here let's just make it happen and then you think i don't know maybe i should be doing the same otherwise i'm the weird one you know yeah it might just feel normal because everyone's doing it or whatever oh gosh I don't even want to think about
1: it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs>
0: don't worry. You got like 10 years to go. <laughs> do you, um, do, have you ever had like um, any YouTube beefs where you've had people, let's say, create videos about you saying, oh, your videos are crap and or, what you said here was useless and I don't know, people disagreeing and making actual videos out of it and, or maybe yourself, maybe you created a video about someone else. <laughs> have you had any um, anyone?
1: Yes and no. I know in the very beginning, um, everyone thought that me and Chris Jones had a lot of beef. Um, do you know Chris Jones? No. He has Beast Mode Jones. Um, when he first started his YouTube channel, he was spamming comments on all my videos, and this is—I mean, he has a lot of. Um, he's he does very well. We're friends now, by the way. Uh, well, we have been. We never really had any beef, but like in the very beginning, when he started his channel, he was pasting his links in every single one of my video comment section. And I was just, I just like told them, I'm like, dude, like, stop. That's not what, that's not how you build your channel by just spamming your link everywhere, you know? And so that it kind of had like a little bit of beef there. But like, you know, we, we got over, it. you know, who cares? You know what I mean? But people thought we hated each other. Like, no, we just never really talked to each other. But then we got over, it. who cares? Gris is a great guy. I, I enjoy his content. Um, you know, I've done some videos, like some Insta garbage videos on some people. Um, you know, I kind of got involved in the whole, you know, Athlean X fake weights thing, which I, I was really irritated about because, you know, like, dude, like just admit when you're wrong, you know, like I've done videos in the past where maybe I said something that was wrong. Um, and then I've made a video correcting myself. Like who cares? Like, oh yeah, I made a mistake. Sorry. Um, I forget what it was. It was like, a. Greg Doucette had made a video about building muscle naturally, and then I made a response video to what he said because I was irritated about something. I forget exactly what it was, but I misspoke in my response video because I was talking about how much muscle you can gain as a natural in your first four years of lifting. And it's like year one, you might gain like 20, 25 pounds max year two, like eight to 10 year three, like five to six and year four, like one to four pounds. It was something like that. And I misquoted those numbers and it turned out to be something like, like really stupid. Like you would gain like 50 pounds of muscle in like, a uh, the first like couple of months or something like that. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I screwed up. Somebody called me out on it and 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 instead of just calling me out on it, like talked like so much shit, tried to make me look like the like the biggest dumbass, right? And so I just made a response video and I was like, oh, uh, I guess I said that wrong. Here's the um, here's the article that I was quoting from. I just misread the numbers. Sorry about that. And then I kind of like moved on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like w- when people want to attack you, make you look a certain way, like they come at you hard. And then depending on how you respond, you can change the tone of the conversation. Like this guy was like, you know, tearing me to shreds. And then I made a response video. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I, I misquoted um, this article. This is what I meant to say. Sorry. Like now we're over and done with, you know. So people are always willing or always waiting for you to screw up so they can jump down your throat, you know, whether because they they're jealous of you or they just straight up don't like you or you know, maybe they just haven't gotten to know you yet. You know, like a lot of people who who maybe don't like you your personality on YouTube or your online persona, you know, maybe like I've, I've befriended a lot of people who have left me mean comments because we'll debate back and forth and they'll be like, Oh, you're actually like a nice normal person. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, I don't care. It's YouTube. Like I'm just trying to make videos and help people work out. Like if I'm wrong, I admit I'm wrong. You know, let's move on with our life. Um, so, I actually just got into this whole thing on my crypto channel because this token ended up launching their token and they they screwed up the launch. And I was live streaming the launch with one of my my friends and we were kind of like going through the token and the contract. And the to make a long story short, the token launched or made the, their, their contract to buy available like 28 minutes early. So a lot of people got that from my live stream and then were able to buy it. And then the token launches was a whole mess. Um, And so people were starting to blame us. And then the token started to blame, you know, me and my friend. But like, then everybody came to our defense because if you know anything about crypto, like you can only trade a token when their dev team makes it live. Like you can have the contract address, you know, for a month. It doesn't mean you can trade the token until they make it live. So whatever reason they made it live like 28 minutes before they told everyone for, you know, whether it was nefarious or a mistake, I guess we'll never know. But then people actually came and made videos about this yesterday and the day before defending me. So like you get it from both sides, you know, you'll get people trying to wait for you to mess up and come at you, but then you'll also get people who will go out of their way to defend you too. If they, you know, if they think that what you're doing is justified.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, actual trolls like do you do you get many trolls on all channels or just mainly on one and not another
1: you know i have people who <clears throat> will try to troll me um and you know kind of re- relating back to what i said earlier about like when i taught my little brothers how to have snappy comebacks mm-hmm. like i just i wreck these trolls so good in the comment section and i don't I don't swear. I don't get upset. Like I'm just able to usually one line, like a one and done type thing. And they know it's a losing battle. So they don't come back, you know, or like, I remember a couple of weeks ago I was talking to this person on Twitter um, because I was asking for some information about a token (laughs) and um, I had already done all my own research and whatnot. Right. So this person responded to me and she was like, you know, she was like the spokesperson for the token. And I was like, hey, so, you know, why is everyone so bullish on this token? Can you give me some like more information? And she responds, just read the white paper and do your own research. So oh. I, so I responded to her. I said, your comment added zero value to this conversation. <laughs> and then she went off on me and like started threatening me. She's like, you don't know who I am or whatever, whatever. And every single response I made to her was just like, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't understand why you're threatening me. Can you explain to me what I did wrong? Like, all I said was the truth. Your your comment added zero facts to this conversation. (laughs) And then people started like jumping in and defending me. So I guess the moral story is, guys, like when you're on, you know, social media and people are attacking you, if you know what you're talking about and you can maintain your composure, usually a few things will happen. Number one, you'll reply and you won't swear. You might be a little sarcastic with your wording and that's fine, but you won't swear and won't necessarily be rude, but you'll get your point across. They'll either not respond because they have nothing to say because, you know, you handled it or <laughs> they'll, con- they'll continue to respond. And with each response, they'll start to just insult you, you know, like, you know, one of the things I'll get with the crypto stuff is, you know, if I'm responding and I'm articulating factual information, they'll be like, oh, just stick to the gym and steroids and get the fuck out of it." You know what I mean? So oh. the conversation just very quickly turns into personal insults because they have nothing to say because you've handled it, you know? So as long as you don't get mad, like, dude, it's, it's Twitter, it's YouTube, it's Instagram. None of these people are going to come up to you in person and talk to shit. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, there was there was this YouTuber last night talking all kinds of shit about me. Um, you know, I won't get into why. It was just, it was something stupid that had to do uh, with crypto stuff. And I'm like, this dude would never say this to me, like, in person. So I'm not going to go on and respond. Like, who cares? like, do you know how many people probably talk bad about you that you don't know about? So why are you going to waste your time on the one person that you just happen to overhear? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you got to kind of wait out that way. And I understand like sometimes it's difficult because, you know, if you have a lot of like just pride, you know, in yourself and you see yourself as trustworthy and, you know, to you, your word actually means something like to me, my word means something. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know, and I don't like people doubting me, but again, it's, it's social media. A lot of people are about, you know, a gazillion times tougher behind the keyboard than they are in real life. So you can't get mad.
0: You can't man. You can't look man. It's been, it's been, it's been great. Scott, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Um, it's, it's been total. it's been really valuable. Um, where can people find your channel? So what is your YouTube channel called?
1: So my YouTube and my Instagram is Scott Herman Fitness. Oh, I have a TikTok too. I gotta post on there more. I have some actually really funny videos on there. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got one video that exploded. Uh, I posted it on TikTok and on Instagram. It's like 13, 14 million views or whatever. It's Ooh. it's uh me and my my buddy Nick uh remember that song that was popular like the russian man like there was a man from russia long ago remember that song was popular i don't know well because like tiktok is all about trends right so you find the trendy song so i did this video where like i'm in the gym working out and i'm looking pretty good and buff and then my friend who's like six six you know you know 280 pounds walks in the frame So like i'm doing like bicep curls in the mirror and then like he would walk in the frame in such a way where like completely covers me can't see me anymore yeah did really well you guys should watch the video it's on um my tiktok and my youtube but yeah so scott herman fitness and then my twitter account is just scott underscore herman uh and then my crypto is scott herman crypto
0: i gotta check that one out i'm trying to understand a bit more about crypto myself i have bought some i don't even know which ones to be honest
1: You, you know, and, suggest
0: I'm like, okay, I'm buying. <laughs>
1: well, and you know, it's like it's a tough thing to talk about, right? Because it, it's a whole separate subject on its own, and I feel like when you talk about it, kind of in passing, it comes across as maybe like a little like scammy or um, like mischievous in a way, right? And and it's just because to to fully explain the things that I would want to talk about. I would have to like show you things on the computer, show you how trading works, show you gra- like show you all stuff. So it's like, I know I've kind of touched upon I've touched on the subject like lightly, but it's because like it's not worth getting into unless you're like getting into it, you know what I mean? And and that's why I started the separate channel. But I mean, dude, it's like it's a whole other world. But I will say this: one thing that is really cool about um, crypto is the communities are so fun. Like when when people rally behind a token and you join the Telegram, which I never even knew what Telegram was until I started doing crypto. It's basically like a private server where you create groups and that's where all like you get all the information about what's coming, you know, for tokens and whatnot. Like all day long in these groups is literally people like hyping, hyping, talking to each other, helping each other. Like if you have questions, like, everyone's so willing to help each other and the gifts that people post are just so freaking hilarious. Like right. I have so many gifts that I've saved that I just use all the time now because like, you know, um, the Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, gif of him, like drinking the little cup and like, like laughing oh,
0: sort of, yeah. The, yeah. In a really like, smug manner kind of thing.
1: Yeah. From, uh, Django, I think was the movie.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So
1: like, there's this gift that I have that's a combination of that and the guy who's like in the wilderness that kind of looks at the camera and like nods his head. Right. I don't yeah. know if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll send it to you after this call. Yeah. Anyways, my, my, my life has become so much happier with all the gifts that I've bought. All these stupid, <laughs> these stupid groups, man. Like this shit is just so funny. Like it's just, it's so fun.
0: Do you share the um, the telegram groups on your crypto page at all? Because I'd be interested in joining and just
1: yeah, well, for the laughs,
0: but for the information, you know, yeah, well, I'm always wondering where I can get some info on it, you know, what's what's trending, what's not, and, you know.
1: Well, typically, um, if you go to a website called coingecko.com, um, you can like go there and you can find most coins that are available and they have like an info section and it usually has like the link to their website, their telegram, their Twitter page, you know,
0: mm. and, and you,
1: you start going down this road of like find, you know, to try to see if a project is legit. You basically check out their Twitter, make sure it's like not botted, make sure it's real people, see how many followers they have. Then you go to their telegram and you see how active the community is, you know, but yeah, so. Quick. is.
0: What's what's your thoughts on NFTs? Have you have you bought into some NFTs or are you uh, on the fence on it? What's your thoughts?
1: Well, if you bought a Bradley Martin NFT, you got rug pulled hard and he pretty much screwed over everybody. He did like this whole like ripped apes thing which was a scam from the stat. I'm actually trying to gather more information on it to talk about exactly what happened.
0: Too much of a big name. Why would he do that? Like, that's...
1: He made, like, 90... He got paid, like, 94 ETH, I think. I was actually reading about this this morning. I got to do some more research to confirm everything I'm saying, but, dude, Bradley Martin doesn't care. Look at all the drugs he gives his kids in his gym. I've made videos on that, you know, like... Every single kid that goes to his gym, zoo culture, all of a sudden has low testosterone and has to jump on TRT. Like, what's going on, bro? You know, like, it's just, oh, don't get me started on this.
0: Okay. Um.
1: Well, we can talk about NFTs. But don't get me started on him. <laughs> Terrible person, in my opinion.
0: Oh, this, is
1: all my, this is all my opinion. You guys will have to do your own research. I don't want him coming on here being like, Scott said this and that. Although I believe the things that I'm saying are true. It is my opinion, so. I have right, to right. do your own research on him. So okay.
0: NFTs, have you actually bought some yourself?
1: So I'm actually going to probably end up creating some of my own for a project that I'm working on. Um, I'm not going to talk about too much just yet. I'm going to wait yeah. till it's done. But I will say this, all right? So most NFTs are bullshit. Um, like just bullshit, scam, waste of money. And I'll tell you why. Um, actually, if you watched the the South Park episode about the COVID like Post-COVID special they had on Paramount Plus, Butters became an NFT trading expert and he just started <laughs> screwing people over. That kind of summarizes why NFTs are junk. But basically, it works like this. Okay. Most people just think that NFTs are images, right? Or like weird photos of things. Or like there's there's like eight thousand, like and they'll use like numbers like there's 8,888 exclusive NFTs, and it's like the same character but different versions of it and certain characters are rarer than other ones. Cause they have like a special hat or some stupid shit, you know, that was created. If it's just a JPEG NFT, it has no use case. It has no value. Chances are, it's a waste of money. Now you can still make money because if it's just a JPEG NFT, but it gets, for whatever reason becomes very popular if you're able to buy one and mint one when they first come out, let's say you're able to mint it for like half of an ETH. One Ethereum coin is like $3,000 right now. So let's say you mint it for like $1,500, so half an ETH. If the project gains a lot of popularity and people, for whatever reason, think that these things are worth money, then yeah, you can probably resell that NFT you know, a month or so later for like 10 ETH and make a quick 30 grand, right? And then when the project dies down and no one gives a shit anymore, anybody holding these things isn't going to be able to resell them. And now they're out whatever they invested. Now, another thing you have to watch out for with NFTs is this thing called wash trading. So you've probably read articles online where like certain NFTs sold for like $200,000. And it's like a photo of a cat riding a skateboard or whatever the hell it is. And you're like, Mm -hmm. How the hell did this NFT sell for $200,000? This makes zero sense. Well, that's because they do something that's called wash trading. And this happens a lot in the art world as well, where I can literally post my NFT for sale on OpenSea or whatever website you're, you're, you're buying your NFT. And then I can purchase that NFT from another wallet that I created because you can create multiple wallets in crypto. It's very easy. I can purchase that NFT, let's say, for for $200,000 in Ethereum. I can purchase it for $200,000 in Ethereum. And now on OpenSea, it looks like somebody bought it for $200,000. And that's what it's worth. And then, and all you really spent was the transaction fee of like $100. Because it's your money. Mm -hmm. You bought your NFT with your money, right? You see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying here? So then all you do is take that NFT and then you relist it for like 150,000 and then you know some dumbass comes in thinking they're getting a $50,000 discount on this $200,000 NFT and buys it. Does that you see where I'm going with this?
0: Wow, yeah.
1: So that's that's why NFTs can come across as so scammy because of shit like this, you know, or influencers you know, talking up NFTs and then basically just taking all the money that comes from the sale of those and then moving on from the project, right? So now you're probably wondering how, like, what are the purpose of NFTs? If your NFT has a use case, that's what makes it worth something. I'm sure you've heard of Board Ape Yacht Club, right?
0: Yeah, everywhere. Okay. Especially on Twitter.
1: Okay. So like, Bradley Martin did like Jacked Apes or Shredded Apes or something. I forget which one he did. Obviously playing off of the Board Apes cuz the Board Apes are so popular. Mm-hmm. Board Apes are owned by a lot of really like rich successful people, celebrities. I think the floor price right now for one Board Ape is like 200 grand or like 225 grand, right? Wow. However, the utility of the Bored Ape Yacht Club is you are now allowed access into their metaverse space in this place called the Sandbox. And the Sandbox is literally just like you buy land and you create your own world there, kind of like Minecraft, right? Like Mm -hmm. Snoop Dogg has his own, you know, like 9 by 9 plot in the Sandbox, I think. A lot of other people are building out these spaces. A lot of games are building out these spaces in the Sandbox. It's going to be like one of the first big metaverse places. So if you go to the Board 8 Yacht Club and you go to their metaverse, there's only certain areas you can access if you have the NFT, right? So think about it this way. Mm -hmm. If you own a Ferrari, there's certain events that you can go to because you have a Ferrari. Like the certain car club events you can go to because your ticket to get in is your Ferrari or your Lambo or your supercar, right? Mm -hmm. So... So, it, and, and why would you want to go to those events? Cause you want to network with the people that are there. Cause if they're there and they have a Ferrari, chances are they're you're rich, have money or have connections and you want to network. So with board eight yacht club, you know, people like Jimmy Fallon, you know, has one, you could potentially go there and then go to these exclusive areas and maybe talk to him or talk to other people that are successful that you could network with. So like, that's the exclusive utility with that NFT. And there's other, there's other utilities that can come with NFTs as well, um, depending on what the coin is that they're related to, whether it's a game or something like that, right? Um, and We don't have to get into all that. But the difference is, like, if an NFT has no utility and it's just a JPEG photo, you can make money. But chances are, if you don't flip that NFT fast you're going to lose money because once it dies down, people move on to the next batch. Wow. So like, for example, there's a, um, a token that I'm invested in called Guzzler, right? And it's a race car game. There's drag racing, there's circuit racing, there's drifting, um, you know, and all of the cars are NFTs. So you can basically get these different cars and race them, And then all of the upgrades are NFTs as well. So like rims, spoiler, you know, suspension, engine, whatever. And then you can remit your NFT with these upgrades on it. So let's say I'm playing the game and I win a new pair of rims. I can take off the old rims, which are an NFT, and put the new ones on. And because it's NFT-based, I can sell those rims to you, you know, for X amount of money. And that's why... Crypto gaming is going to become so popular, right? Because being a gamer myself, I'm a grinder, right? Like I like to play games and I like to grind and and try to collect everything. But outside of that game, all that shit and all that time I just spent is is useless, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm playing this race car game and I unlock, you know, a special hood item or rims or whatever, and you want it for your car. I can, I can sell it to you. And then you can now use it in the game. Does that make sense? Right. So now you're, you're adding this like play to earn feature to games. And on top of that, because a lot of these games are being built like in the sandbox or another metaverse space is called unreal five, which is like a very realistic metaverse. I can also then take my car out of the guzzler game and put it, in this game over here because they're built within the same metaverse Mm -hmm. so that that race card now has utility because i can use it to race in this game or i can just stick it over here kind of like a grand theft auto and just drive it around and you know and just do whatever i want you know go watch go watch like that movie called ready player one that's the (laughs) metaverse that's basically where things are headed
0: ready player one i'm gonna note that down
1: uh dude you'll love that movie where where
0: can i find that is that um amazon netflix or
1: yeah it should be on netflix
0: yeah oh my god this is wild yeah i definitely want um need to check out the uh is it gecko coin Coin Gecko. Gecko. yeah uh,
1: i just use that website to to find information on tokens mm. um but, like, it goes even deeper than that, right? Like, so by the time a token is even listed on CoinGecko, like, it might have already pumped, you know, 200%, or, I mean, 200 times. Like, it get, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, to, to properly have this conversation, like, it goes deep. It, it ta- It's a lot to absorb. I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing this, say, you know, my channel since September, and I'm still learning things. And, I mean, bro, like, If you don't pay attention, you can lose your ass, you know, in crypto. Like, it is not for the faint of heart. Like, there are people losing all kinds of money, investing in projects that are rug-pulled the very next day. Like, it's the wild, wild west, man. But where there's high risk, there comes high reward. So if you can navigate those waters, you know, you, you... I mean, I lost my ass on some projects. I'll admit it. Like, dude, like... You know, I it, when you FOMO into a project, and FOMO means fear of missing out, and that's basically when it's pumping, and then you get excited because it's pumping. And you're like, ah, I need to invest, and then you throw ten grand in, and then all of a sudden the shit dumps, you know, down, <laughs> and then you lose all your money, and now you're basically stuck in this token waiting for it to go back. Like that shit happens every day. It's probably already happened about ten times, you know, to people while we're having this conversation. So <laughs> like, so you, that's why it's so important to like join these groups and learn and, and gain that confidence, you know, and, and feel things out, dude, it's, it's fun. Like I'll, you can, you can tell by me talking about it. Like, I think it's fun, you know, like sure. it is, it is fun. It's, it's literally unchatted water, you know, this, the crypto right now in the metaverse is basically like the internet boom, you know, back in the nineties or whatever, where, you know, people were just throwing money at anything with a .com on the end. Mm-hmm. you know and that's that's where we're at right now and the people who are savvy enough to take the risk and and just get involved hey maybe you might not make a million dollars but you know you're going to be better off than people who aren't you know love it, talk love about it. This shit all day so <laughs> like i've seen i've seen some things guys like i just i've seen some shit go down and go that i just don't want to get into right now but it's a lot of fun
0: <laughs> but um yeah if you can i want you to send me some links directly on uh, on instagram so i can check them out you know yeah, the of Telegram, if you a few which you uh go in uh, some groups that'll be cool well
1: yeah. definitely you know it's right you know start by just checking out my channel you know and just check yes. out some of the, the videos you know
0: yeah so um, Herman Crypto, what is it? Um, yeah, just Scott Herman Crypto. Scott Herman Crypto, wicked. Yeah, I'm definitely subscribing to that. <laughs>
1: and guys, you know, like, and that's why I'm really trying to keep the crypto separate from the fitness, at least right now, because I'm trying to really, like, like I've I've already done, and for anybody who is listening that maybe has seen my crypto stuff or Twitter, like, I have already accomplished so much in the last few months and established myself as a trusted source to go to for crypto on my Twitter and on my YouTube channel. In fact, I actually just partnered with a company called TARP, and it stands for Totally a Rug Pull, where basically what they do is they investigate contracts and tokens and they figure out whether or not they're, the, the tokens are legit or not legit or, or something called like a honeypot or a rug pull, which is basically like, you know, they create a token, people invest, and then they basically take all the money and run. That's called a rug pull. Yeah. So in the, in the last few weeks, I actually partnered with these guys to start to be able to give more comprehensive um, breakdowns of tokens to ensure that all the ducks in our, are in a row so that the project is legit and it's safe to invest in. So like, I'm basically taking the same route I did with my fitness channel at the very beginning. Like I'm trying to build trust. I mean, guys, like I, I get to- like tokens will reach out to me on my channel. I only have 15,000 subscribers on that channel, but I mean, my videos get like anywhere between 10 to 20,000 views a video, but um, like I'll get emails. Hey, do you want to promote our token? We'll pay you like $20,000. Wow. And, it, and I know for a fact, it's like a shit rug, like token. And I don't take the money because I don't need the money, you know, but a lot of people do take that and they'll shill the token. They'll pump it up and they don't care because they're getting paid. You know, like there's a lot of that in crypto. And I'm like one of the few YouTubers that at least in the Twitter side of things, people don't hate. Cause I don't shill like trash projects. Like I try to just, like the one I just told you about, Guzzler, is like one of the few projects that I actually talk about because it's legit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, again, we, like I said, I can, we can go down this road. But you know, just for people who are here listening who don't know me, you know, I, I want to make it clear like, hey, you know, my goal with all of this is to continue to be a trusted source of information no matter what I'm doing. And, and that's why, like, I'm trying to not go too far down the rabbit hole because <laughs> I don't want to confuse anyone.
0: Well, no, I mean, you've given enough great information anyway. And I think you've been a trusted source since 2009. I think people people know who you are. As you said, you are deeply embedded <laughs> in the system. So yeah. <laughs> that's it, man. Good. You're part of the stone now. That's good. All man. I
1: want to do is work out and watch anime. Like that's literally the goal. If I got to start investing in, in, in more crypto to continue that lifestyle, so I can spend money on my car and all my toys. Like that's what I'm doing. That's my goal. I just want to buy more. Like look at my, I got all these pops up here. Like just want to, I want to fill this wow. room with stupid shit that I like. You know. That's so cool. <laughs> so cool.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm a very simple, I'm a very simple man with very simple needs. I like to drive my Camaro and, and watch anime.
0: <laughs> I think many of us have just the few things that we love, and we just want to keep life simple. It's been great, man. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you you so much for everything. Um, I will put all your um, social media links in the um, in the uh, uh, in the show notes. And um, yeah, it's been fantastic. Very educational. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. And we can jump on here anytime. Just shoot me a a message or a DM, my friend.
0: God bless. Thanks a lot, my brother. I appreciate that.
1: Thank, hey, guys, thanks for listening to my shenanigans. <laughs> have a great – everyone. hope everyone has a great day. Live hard, train hard, sleep well. We'll see you all later.
0: Nice one. You take care, man. Thank you for listening to The Roger Snipe Show podcast. It is my goal to find incredible guests who have extraordinary stories or advice. Education is key. The more we learn, the more we can also teach. It's also about remaining curious and hungry for knowledge to progress. All sponsored ads and affiliations are from only reputable brands or companies which I have personally vetted and trust. Please take advantage of these codes and subscriptions to increase savings on all products. If you get a moment I would greatly appreciate a review as this helps to increase visibility and allows me to share with more amazing people just like you. Be phenomenal and stay blessed.